Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to part two of the upcoming episode three. I am here with, if, in case you missed part one, this is a legendary dude. He is the founder and CEO of Photos by Lucas, his own freelance photography uh, agency. He is also long-term client of New Tradition and also was a former operations associate with uh, Hipster Photos Activations, and he's now a student at Baruch College, but not for long, so in his last semester where he will venture out into the crazy world, well, continue to venture out into the crazy world that is New York and the rest of the states. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the great Lucas Clappis. What's up, Lucas? How you doing, Jonathan? It's good to be here. I know we did part one in Central Park, which is pretty interesting. And uh... yeah, you know, f- folks, if you've ever been a, if you've never been to Central Park, just know that it's uh, huh, it's big. I'll say that much. Yeah, it's big. You... It's a little loud. Um, but yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby indeed. Not too shabby indeed. So, Lucas, can you just uh for in case people didn't uh, catch part one, just give us a good uh, little uh, intro of yourself. Who and what exactly are you? All right. So, yeah, I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm a student at Baruch College in uh, in New York, but it is my last semester. And I started my own photography company called Photos by Lucas. Um, when Jonathan and I were actually uh, roommating in Purchase College uh, my freshman year, I was doing mostly um, events and uh, portrait photography. And then I kind of ventured out more into real estate and um, advertising photography, which is what I do now. So I mainly work with um, billboard companies in Times Square, and I take photos of their billboard. Um, whenever uh, an advertiser wants to advertise on their billboard, I uh, go go ahead and take photos of the advertisement on the billboard to make sure everything's okay. It's called pop photography, P-O-P, proof of performance. So basically my job is to ensure um at the ads there um it's being looked at by people so it gets some vehicular and uh pedestrian traffic and send it on the way to the client and they send it to their respective client yep and there you have it folks that is how lucas does his thing so it's funny because when he um sends his pictures off they're sent to uh, his company who then hands over to spotify who then uh shares it and the artists are able to see lucas's uh photos and they're reposting it. So if you go on, if you follow Lucas on Clappers on Instagram, you'll constantly see celebrities like reposting his shots. just being like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. And I've actually had the privilege of being able to accompany Lucas on his uh, photography. And it is in the odd yet cultural phenomenon of a world that is Times Square. Lucas, yeah, Lucas, you've been. Go ahead. It definitely can overwhelm the senses, especially if it's your first time. Um, uh, native New Yorkers hate it. You know, they try to avoid it. It is a tourist trap. I've grown to kind of be get numb to it and get used to it. 
Um, and I've had the uh, kind of the special privilege, you know, privilege, if you could say, of seeing Times Square through the lockdowns of COVID and then kind of bounce back and return to the packed um, pedestrian tourist attraction it is today. Yeah, it's the it must have been it must have felt so just like bizarre seeing Times Square be so empty when COVID hit, wasn't it? It, it was definitely weird. It, it was definitely weird, um, but definitely like in a unique sense. Um, but also you could actually spread out a little bit um, before COVID. It was like a nearly impossible to set up a tripod. Um, now it's it's back. Um, I wouldn't say as nearly as packed as it was before COVID, uh, but still very much packed, uh, still very much alive. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what the future holds for it. But I mean, the uh, billboards are still doing good. I mean, I was still getting work during the lockdown. So it means uh, that that uh, advertising industry has not really fallen off from the pandemic. No, no, indeed. But you've got to truly like appreciate the way that different cities like big cities can have such such like pedestrian like tourist traps like Times yeah. Square or even down here where we have like in California where we have Sunset Boulevard or Venice Beach and all these places it's really kind of jarring how all these places work and how so many people can be attracted to them while as natives dislike them so when you're in spots yeah. like that um Lucas do you ever just get like those thoughts of like and I wonder just how many people will get sick of this place once they've visited uh, enough, even though they're not from here. Yeah, I mean, uh, if if you're there for the first time and just kind of you're in awe of it, you kind of just take a quick glance at everything. And then, yeah, it's probably just one of, you know, your check marks on a on a list to visit New York. But actually, for me, it doesn't really get that boring because I'm always I'm actually paying attention to the advertisements that are always changing for some, for most tourists or people that are just kind of, Oh, it's up there. And I just go about my business, but actually for me, it's an always an ever changing environment. And in addition, Times Square is always, um, they're always uh, renovating it and changing stuff. They're actually doing the remodeling one Times Square, which is the the billboard that um, my client, this is the, the building that my client has their billboard on. It's where the ball drops. So actually, they're doing a bunch of construction there, and they're scaffolding. It's going to be completely revitalized and redone. So yeah, it's uh, it's um always ever uh, changing uh, place. Yeah, but you know, it's just brings back to the thing of like advertisements because you know Times Square is like chock full of them. There's just yeah. ads everywhere, and it's all in your face, hurting your eyes with how bright the screens are, the jumbotrons, everything. In your opinion, Lucas, is there ever a sense that? Do you ever feel like a company might go a little too far in terms of advertising or is there no such thing as too far? I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I can't really speak for the other billboards in Times Square, the kind of the smaller ones, because I don't really I don't shoot those. But if uh, companies like Spotify have continuously paid my client to advertise on this billboard for the past three years, I'm sure they're getting their money's worth. Um, it's not cheap to put your ad up there or even run a bit, run the billboard with all the electricity costs and stuff like that. And Hey, the more, uh, they ask for your client, the more money you're earning. Yeah. Photos. Yeah. It's, it's a trickle down effect, right? So 
the landlord gets money from my billboard client because they rent the space of the billboard to have it on the building. My billboard client gets money from the advertiser to put it on. And then I get money from having the advertiser advertise because they want photos of it. Yeah, yeah. So Lucas, I know you love like um, doing business and I know you've taken inspiration from other businessmen. So I'm curious on like some of the things you've learned. What's some, what are like maybe one or two things and the most important things you've learned from like uh, entrepreneurial influence, like let's say Elon Musk or Mark Cuban or someone, um, someone else. I could even say it for like uh, people, not that, that um, high up in the, in the net worth category. I mean, I, from people that I've just uh, interacted with or um, done photo shoots with it's, or uh, have had internships with, it's really a a lot about networking. You know, it's the people who, who, who you, you know, make a good relationship with them and then the doors will just open up, you know, not everything's about a diploma or or grades. It's also about hands-on experience and learning. You know, you, you learn a lot when you do stuff in the field, you know, yeah, yeah, hundred percent hands-on experience and that networking, which leads to um, a couple of other questions I had. So, those of you who don't know, the time set for you to make a solid first impression is seven seconds. Um, mm-hmm. Seven seconds, and yeah, that means you've got to already be prepared to make your uh, first impression well in advance. So, Lucas, as you've continuously networked with professionals and experts and fellow photographers what are some of the ways you've been able to set your best um set the best first impression people have of you well you said it's seven seconds so it's really hard to do an elevator pitch in seven seconds when you're walking up to someone because they're already making an inference about you so uh dress to the the way that you want someone to see you. So um, it's better to overdress than to underdress. So when I was starting out, um, even if the environment didn't really um, feel like an environment where you wear a suit, I would still wear a suit. You know, Uh, for example, if I was going to photograph like a baby, uh, baby's birthday, which was one of the things I used to do, I'd wear a suit, you know, and it would just be kind of, it gives you a little more respect and it shows the client that, um, or anyone that you're about to meet that you're taking this seriously, that you took the time to wear such professional attire. Yeah. Yeah. Cause suits definitely speak volume. And I remember actually seeing a Instagram uh, post you did about why you love suits. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and as a f- fellow suit lover myself, I'm curious, do you by any chance follow any particular, let's say trends or brands of suits at all? I really, I mean, I, I just like to have, um, a suit, um, of different color. So I have a blue suit. I have a, a gray suit. I have a, a light gray suit and I have a black suit, um, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, no really preference of, of a brand. You don't really need to spend, you know, $3,000 on a suit just to, to make a good impression. You can get a suit from Macy's for, what is it? Like? I don't know, 200 bucks suit and it'll last you a long time is there ever random question is there ever a color of a suit that you wouldn't never wear i guess that depends on the occasion but i probably would never wear a white suit just because i would be very paranoid of it getting dirty especially when you're commuting in the city you know you sit in the subway 
And last thing you want is your, uh, you know, your your suit pants to be all scuffed up and yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's not a good look at all. People, if you don't know, NY subways are. I don't even know how to describe them. How would you gotta have an immune, a strong immune system to go down there? Yeah, and a strong stomach (laughs) because I've seen rats crawling down those places. It's it's Uh terrifying. (laughs) But yeah, so it's really just so fascinating. As I've gotten into it myself, and there's like you know slim fit, classic fit of men's suits, and each one says that you're, and even just if you wear a full on suit, like not like tie vest and everything. It's still, yeah. You can still say, like, if you're, like, a casual or an all-around, like, formal uh, person. So, it's, how do you, like, just, how do you think about the way that, suits, like, clothes can do that, even if they all kind of look the same yet are so different? Well, I mean, I, when you're talking about, like, it's not only the jacket or the pants, the shirt color, the tie color. And I just try to whatever I think looks good. And, you know, you really can't go wrong with a suit, you know, uh, no, you cannot. if you do like the regular neutral colors that are very popular, black, gray, navy, blue, you'll be fine. There you have it, folks. So <laughs> I want to head it back to uh, networking. Is yeah. there if it's all right with you, is there an experience you had like a bad experience you had in networking that you learned from? And if you're willing, can you? Um, please tell us about it. Well, I don't think there's ever really a bad experience of networking. You know, you you meet people. I think there's just not there's some networking uh, opportunities that don't provide opportunity uh, an opportunity that you're looking for, and then some that they're that do. So, uh, for example, I think uh, Jonathan, you took the same class I did in Purchase College. I think it was entrepreneurship, and part of our um, homework was to go out and um, network and. Uh, you know, I, I went to a few and, uh, you know, one of them just didn't have people that needed a photographer. And that that was just the that's the gamble you take when you meet new people. So I, I it's a it's a hit or miss. But, uh, you know, I, the, people always act respectful in networking events. I don't think you're ever going to make uh, an enemy in a networking event. You just might not find the opportunity that you're looking for at that particular moment. Yeah, no, it'd be absurd to try to make an enemy out of people at a networking event. You're there. <laughs> To get along with everybody. Yeah, and you control your temper some sometimes, right? Control your temper, folks. Please. Come on. You're not no, you're not gonna win anything. This isn't this isn't a frat house. This is an hour event. Exactly. You're not gonna win anything being a jerk. All right. Yeah, you're just gonna lose. That's it. You're gonna lose. Absolutely. So yeah. Looking back on this right now, I just want to think some more about business because it ties all the way back from suits to first impressions to networking all the way back to business. And so as you continue to grow in your um, freelancing and your skills and just in your agency itself as a freelancer, how do you, how do you want to build and continue to develop your business from here? Like what are some of your um, goals that you want to achieve your milestones? You could say. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I, I am a freelancer um, and uh, it's just me at the current moment uh, doing everything at once. So obviously there's only so much one person can do. So I've actually uh, I've actually was in touch with a, a potential photographer and he's going to start next week, hopefully to, to cover some photo shoots for me. And 
you know, he gets, obviously I, I, I'll pay him the, the rate that I get paid. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's really about what you think in the moment you can, uh, how you can expand. So obviously for me right now, I can't be in 10 places at once. And if, if the billboard, if my client keeps getting more billboards and more advertisers, there's only so much I can do. So I have to, I have to um, adapt to that and uh, and grow with their growth. If they want to keep me as a client, if I want them to keep me as a client, you know, you uh, otherwise, you know, they'll just find someone else. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. So it's all about like consistency, keeping a consistent uh, relationship, keeping consistent results. And that's that results is always excellent. Yes. So, it's what they, they, they look for. It's what they want. That's exactly Keep what delivering they on that. But one thing that also comes through your business is the marketing as well, because you're trying to appeal right. to, you know, clients, big clients who will pay you to take whatever photos they need. And we both know that marketing is about understanding others coming to like the idea of, I see what you need and I know how to reach out and provide that to you. Yeah. So Lucas, what are some of the, like top marketing strategies that you've either learned or been taught that you're willing to share with us in your time studying and practicing business? Yeah. So, I mean, if, uh, for example, if I do uh, um, an advertising photo shoot and that client likes the the work I did, chances are another advertising company will, will like that work. So what I do is I, I then take those photos and I promote those in on my social media and my uh, website uh, so that other advertising clients will get intrigued and say, Hey, can you do the same work for us? So I've actually, um, ha I actually do have other clients that don't give me as consistent work, but once in a while they will reach out to me and say, Hey, can you do this work for us? They try me out and they just, they hire me for other work. Um, I have a couple clients from, from Brazil that do that. And uh, company an advertising company in uh, Los Angeles actually that sometimes hires me. So, um, you know, uh, if you get it right, chances are people in the same industry will, will like it, uh, will be intrigued as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it's just building that sort of network of pleased customers, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, pleased customers. Yeah. So, yeah, as another thing, uh, to deal with in business is what makes the man leading the business and that leads it all the way back to you lucas mm -hmm. you see we both know some of the most successful people are creatures of habit uh so in your experience in your life what are some habits that you use and have done that have helped you in your uh, field of work definitely uh, uh, broadly answering that question is uh, consistency so um, I do, um, I use Google calendar to make sure I do things consistently. So every week I would have a reminder, send out invoices or, um, you know, re, uh, have a reminder to answer emails by a certain point. Um, if you do those things consistently, then the people you will work with will know what they're expecting and, uh, consistency is key. I mean, it, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is key. It really is. Is there um 
any other habits you've used? Maybe not even so much with business, but just in yourself. Like, for example, are you type to be like, okay, you type to look at your photos and be like, hmm, okay, maybe I'm going to take uh, like maybe three extra more just to make sure it's absolutely perfect. For sure. I definitely take more than I, than I need to in a photo shoot just in case something happens and uh, just to have that backup. Also, uh, I have, you know, I consistently uh, update my website just to show that, um, you know, I'm uh, being up to date with it and I'm, I'm updating my client list and just showing that I am engaged with my work. I'm not just letting it kind of dry out. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just and also making sure you have time to recharge. So spending time with friends, working out. Um, because it, when you're running a business, it does tend, it could definitely drain you and you could definitely get burnout. And there's a saying that I really like is you can't pour from an empty glass. So make sure you take care of, your, take care of yourself because you are your most important client. Without yeah. you, there's, there's no, there's no business. Yeah. Cause I've heard so many stories about people like, you know, freaking Elon Musk, who's not just running multiple businesses, but also has like, I think six kids now. And he's still like focusing, yeah. working like hundreds of hours a week, at, like sleeping in his office, I'm sure. And like couch surfing just to continue working. And I'm thinking like this guy is probably already gone insane just from the amount of stress he's put himself under. So, yeah, I mean, if you I mean, Elon, I can't really speak for Elon Musk. He seems like a guy who's not like most people. Um, in terms of his work ethic, but um, if you if you work too hard, not saying don't work too hard, if you burn out, your quality of work will diminish, and that will just lead you into a downfall. So you got to make sure that you're you're doing the quality of work. Um, so take take some time to yourself as well. Take some time to yourself, people. Just apply. Just apply for PTO. Like put in yeah. like your personal time off. Go exactly do some yoga, go for a jog, like spend some time with family, enjoy, live life basically is what yes. we travel a little bit, you know, do those things, meet, um, meet somebody, you know, fall in love, get a pet, like yeah, yeah, get a pet, go for a drive. I've actually found that drives have been just being able to just get in a car and go wherever you want is extremely soothing. Somehow. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I love driving. Uh, nice music. No, when there's no traffic, of course. If there's traffic, and then it's a different story. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're living in one of the busiest cities in the world. Yeah, so are you. So are you, man. Uh, L.A. traffic is. I can't L.A. Say. is L.A. traffic is not fun. Definitely <laughs> yeah. not. It is. <sighs> it's just that I just sighed. That's how it is. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So really on to some of my last uh, questions, because all of the things I've said have revolved back to you, Lucas. So mm -hmm. now I just want to conclude with you as a person. How do you, you how have you seen yourself like changing from all the things you've done with uh, photos by Lucas? Um, well, I, I could say that I've. Um... I've gotten more of an understanding of um, the workforce uh, versus if I was just doing classes and strictly classes. Um, and also I've begun to get more responsible and um, definitely my time management skills have, have um, been, uh, have increased or have gotten better. 
Um, and I'm just able to juggle more on my plate with classes and um, with, with the needs of the business. So I think um, it just makes you a more well-rounded person overall and um, just more prepared for harder things uh, to come in life. So it's giving you not just better um, grasp on, but more appreciation for skills such as like time management, uh, attention to detail. And for sure. Yeah. Definitely being able to work independently has got to be a great feeling. Yeah. I mean, in some, in some uh, cases, uh, as I always uh, refer to, you know, there's some things you can only work, uh, learn in the field, which is, you know, not taught in the classroom. Um, and that could be how you email someone professionally, how you interact with someone professionally and well, how hardly, you maintain, yeah, how you maintain well, teach us any of that. Yeah, yes, exactly. No one taught us, no one taught us what our invoice was. No one taught us, you know, how, um, you know, calculus doesn't teach you that. <laughs> like I, nobody even taught me how to make, uh, my own email signature. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Just Google it, YouTube it. Yeah, the first, one of my first photo shoots, they asked me, okay, please send your invoice. I'm like, what's an invoice? I had to figure that out myself. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know what? Things you learn on your own can be tw- twice as valuable as the things someone else teaches you. Yeah, and I feel like um, you you retain that information much more than if you were just looking at it on a lecture. If you actually do it, you know, in person and actually do like, you know, you work through it. All right. This is going to be this next question is going to be a bit of a random one, but uh, like I said, some folks are creatures of habit, and w- one thing we've just talked about is you know teach, self-teaching, like self-learning, and the power of like our own like the knowledge we gain for ourselves, mm-hmm. and of course that comes from reading. So my random question to you, Lucas, is what is the last book you read? Oh man, I honestly am not that big of a reader. Um, I probably the last book I read, I don't even remember. It was part of some class. I I honestly, I get my information more from videos. I'm just more of that type of learner. Ah, I see pretty. So you're very practical type. Yeah. I mean, that's just, um, I'm more of a visual, visual arts type of guy. Um, hence photography. Yeah, of course, of course. But Hey, you know, some, some of the best, um, books are out there you know and oh yeah definitely definitely read um i don't know if i have time to read that's probably an excuse uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean uh, i've been doing so far so good without uh reading consistently so if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> all right then so ladies and gentlemen that concludes uh part two of our chat today uh part two of of course, episode three of the upcoming. So I just want to give a huge thank you to Lucas Clappis for helping me finish off this amazing conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Sorry it took so so long to get part two going. Ah, uh, you know uh, what? Things happen and we all get busy, you know? And yeah, schedules can be annoyingly uh yeah. chaotic. Yeah. So, so that uh, includes our episode and be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of the upcoming. Uh, we stream them on Spotify and you can also follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. So that is it for tonight, folks, and good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, please sure to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content.
The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody.